Well, good morning and a warm welcome to St Paul's Online. My name's Adam, I'm one of the clergy at St Paul's. You're really welcome with us this morning. Uh, in a moment, we're gonna sing together. And before we do that, let's pray. As we pray, I've just been struck by some words from Psalm 145. You may well know them well. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And towards the end, my mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Lord, as we come before you afresh this morning to praise your name, would you draw near to us? Would you help us to know you as our good Father? Would you help us to know you as a gracious and compassionate Lord? slow to anger and abounding in love. And would you draw near to us as we draw near to you this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Ross, who's leading our sung worship this week. The first song we're going to sing, As We Go, was written by Ross uh, for our community and it featured just recently in a whole plethora of uh, homegrown worship that we featured on our Facebook and YouTube channels. You can still find them on YouTube uh, if you'd like to listen to them later. But for now, let's stand together and sing As We Go. Gather in your name, we long to hear your voice, we raise our prayers to you. Feed us with your word, help us see your words, inspire our call to go. Send us out in your spirit, overflowing with your love. Give us a heart for the lost, as people of the cross. We yearn to see your kingdom, your great power shining through. Reviving our town, one life at a time, as we go. Go out in your name, living out your call, lives of love and grace. Following your way, sharing of your truth, raging with your life. Send us out in your spirit, overflowing with your love. Give us a heart for the lost, as people of the cross. We yet see your kingdom, your great power shining through. Reviving our town, one life at a time, as we go. our neighbors, prayer and action, with our friends, prayer and action, with those against us, prayer and action, 
our homes, Square election. in our streets, Square election. at our work, Square election. at our school, Square election. as we go, Square election. as we go, Square election. as we go. Overflowing with your love Give us a heart full of lies As people of the cross We yearn to see your kingdom Your great power shining through Reviving our town One life at a time Send us out in your spirit Overflowing with your love Give us a heart for the lost as people of the cross, we yearn to see your kingdom, your great power shining through, reviving our town, one life at a time as we go. Good morning, my name's Kate, I'm the Youth Minister here at St Paul's and I'm just going to be sharing a thought with you this morning um, about our reading. Um, but before I do that, I have a question for you. I wonder if I said the word brave to you, who do you think of as being a brave person? Um, maybe you think of someone like a superhero, like Spider-Man or Batman or Wonder Woman, someone who fights off the baddies and saves the world. Maybe you think of someone who's a famous explorer or an adventurer, maybe someone throughout history, or maybe someone more recently like Bear Grylls, who seems to find no trouble in going off and finding new places, eating very weird things and living in extreme conditions. Maybe you might think of someone a bit closer to home. I wonder if maybe our thoughts about bravery and people who have bravery and courage might have changed recently because of coronavirus. I wonder if you might think of someone like Captain Tom, who completed a great challenge and raised lots of money for a really worthy cause and showed great bravery and courage in doing that, in pushing him outside of his usual limits. Or maybe you think of someone like uh, an NHS worker or a key worker, someone who is putting themselves and their lives at risk for the good of other people. Or maybe, like our four-year-old, when I asked him who he thought was brave, he said himself. Um, he has recently overcome his fear of riding his bike on gravel after he fell off. Maybe you think you're a brave person, and maybe you are. Bravery can take many different forms and the way that we view bravery might have changed over recent months. But today we're thinking about two of Jesus's followers who were brave and bold in how they shared their life and their faith in Jesus. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 4 verses 1 to 22. Now Jonathan is going to be talking a bit more deeply into this later on um, and we're just going to look at a short version of this story which is from the Jesus Storybook Bible and it will be up on your screens but I'm going to read it to you now. Peter and John could not stop talking about Jesus. Jesus is God's son they said. Jesus died on a cross but three days later he came alive again. Isn't it wonderful? Lots of people listened to what Peter and John were saying. 
they wanted Jesus to be their friend too. They thought it was exciting that the man who used to sit outside the temple could now walk and run and jump. Your God must be very special, they said to Peter and John, if he can do amazing things like that. They wanted to learn more about God. But some important people got angry. They did not like Peter and John talking about Jesus and they put them in prison. Next day, Peter and John were let out of prison and they still kept talking about Jesus. Peter and John prayed to God, please help us to be brave when we talk to people about you. We want everybody to find out how wonderful you are. Now, last week, Katie told us um, the story of Peter and John healing a man who couldn't walk, hadn't been able to walk for 40 years, and they healed him and he could walk again. They prayed for him and he was healed. And that's amazing. And this chunk of the story carries on from that. Just after um, this lame man had been healed, Peter and John were um, spoken to by the important leaders and they were put into prison for a time too. Just overnight. And uh, you might think that um, that would stop them from wanting to talk about Jesus. You might think being in prison overnight and being spoken to by authorities might stop them wanting to talk about Jesus and share how great he is. But it didn't. Instead, they carried on talking about Jesus. Acts 4 verse 13 says that when the rulers and the elders of the temple saw Peter and John, they saw their bravery, they saw their courage. But Peter and John were just normal people like us. The other things that the rulers and the teachers saw was that they were unschooled. So they weren't very well educated. They saw that they were ordinary. I wonder if sometimes we read the stories of the disciples, stories like this, of sharing their faith with Jesus and praying, of their, sharing their faith of Jesus and praying for other people, if perhaps we put them in the category of superhero or someone I couldn't match up to. But actually they were just regular people who did amazing things for God. I wonder if we want to be regular people who do amazing things for God. If we want to be followers of God who share our faith with other people. Verse eight reminds us that these were regular people. Peter and John were regular guys. But verse 8 tells us that they were fueled by the Holy Spirit. So it can be scary sharing our faith with other people. Maybe it worries us a little bit. But if we know God and we love him and we've prayed for the Holy Spirit and we know that we're filled, we know that we don't do it on our own. One of the things I really love about this version of the story is that there's the prayer that Peter and John say at the end about being brave. And so I wonder if we would like to be people of bravery in sharing our faith. I wonder if this is a prayer we'd like to say for ourselves. I wonder if you've got someone in mind that you would like to share a bit of your faith with at this time. And if you'd like to say that prayer with me, if you would like to be a person of boldness and bravery in faith, why don't we say this prayer together? Let's pray. Please help me to be brave when I talk to people about you. I want everybody to find out how wonderful you are. Amen.
Have you ever wondered how the God who made the universe And all the plants and creatures that you have ever seen The planets, stars, the moon and sun He's watching over everyone And still has time for tiny little me my god made crocodiles and antelopes, jellyfish and billy goats, elephants and spiders and buffaloes and bees, rattlesnakes and porcupines and ladybirds and butterflies. It still has time for tiny little me. My god made deserts dry and mountains tall, jungle vines and waterfalls, all kinds of places where I have never been. Forest green and ocean wide, the wind and rain, the sea and sky and still has time for tiny little me And he knows how I feel every night, every day And he knows what I'm thinking and what I'm going to say And he's known all about me since before the day that I was made. My God made mums and dads and great grandmas, aunties, uncles, and stepbrothers, all the different people who are in my family. Granddad, sisters, babies, too, and second cousins twice removed. He still has time for tiny little me. My God made crocodiles and antelopes. Jellyfish and billygoats, elephants and spiders and buffaloes and beasts, rattlesnakes and porcupines and ladybirds and butterflies, and still has time for tiny little me. My god, they deserts dry and mountains tall, jungle vines and waterfalls, all kinds of places where I have never been. Forest greens and oceans, wind the windows, and the sea and sky, and still has time for tiny little me. My god, they bumps and dance and great Good morning everyone, my name is Katie, I'm the Children's Minister at St Paul's. We're going to start our time of prayer by watching a short video from one of our mission partners, Open Doors. Hi, I'm Andy from Open Doors. I just want to say a big thank you to you at St Paul's Church Leamington Spa for your incredible generosity. Thank you for the gift that you sent to us to help us stand with the persecuted church around the world, who today are not only facing persecution, but also COVID-19. We've been hearing from our partners on the ground who've been telling us that many Christians in these countries have been losing their jobs. These jobs were really hard. They had to work really hard for them to get in the first place. And Christians are often the first to lose their jobs in these countries. We heard from one person who told us that almost 70% of the Christians in their country had lost their job. We also were hearing from some medics who were telling us that they were sent into the COVID-19 ward as Christians without any PPE equipment. Just want to tell you one quick story about one of our partners who was taking food into um, quite a, 
a, dif a difficult area where actually he was risking his life to go, but he felt that God was telling him to do it. So he, he did. And uh, he knocked on the door of someone who he knew was a pastor of a church. And as he opened the door and handed him the food, he said uh, the, the, the father and the husband, he just burst into tears. And he, he went into their, their home and they explained that they had had no food for a little while. And um, they, were, they were obviously beginning to starve to death. And he said that rather than seeing you know, his children and everything starve to death, they decided that they were all going to take their lives. And then there was a knock on the door when this food came. And so they were just saved in, in the nick of time. And you know that's due to, to your support and your prayers. And just want to thank you so much for your ongoing prayer and support. May God bless you all at St Paul's Church. Thank you. Thank you, Andy, for that. Let's pray together for Open Doors. Father, we thank you so much for the work that Open Doors do. We thank you for their bravery and their encouragement that they provide. Lord, we pray for those Christians in persecuted countries who are losing jobs and homes and have no food. Please draw close to them, strengthen them, give them energy and hope. And please help Open Doors to help them, to provide them with the food that they need and the encouragement that they need to stay close to you. Amen. Uh, for the rest of our prayers this morning, we're going to use the classic five finger prayer to help us. So the first uh, is the thumb. So we want you to think of someone that you're really close to. It's the closest one to you. Um, praying for the people that we love. You might want to pray for your dad as it's Father's Day. Um, but have a quick moment, think of someone who you're really close to and say a quick prayer for them. Father, we thank you for our friends and our families. Thank you for their love and their encouragement. And we pray for all dads on Father's Day. We pray that they would be able to have fun and celebrate being dads. But we also pray for those who find Father's Day difficult. Be close to them, Lord. Give them a sense of peace today. Amen. Uh, the second one on our hand is the index finger. Um, we're going to pray, use that to pray for people who teach us or instruct us. Um, they need support and wisdom to show direction to others. So, uh, Father, we thank you for everyone who teaches others. We thank you that you give them wisdom and direction. Lord, we pray particularly at this time for all those teachers who are trying to work out how to get everyone back to school and safely and look after their staff and the children. We pray especially for our church school, St Paul's. Thank you that you reign there. Amen. Uh, the third group of people that we're going to pray for are our leaders. Now they're just people who are kind of in charge. It's the biggest fingers, so that's why we use that to pray for them. Um, think of someone you know who is in charge. It might be our Prime Minister, it might be the Archbishop of Canterbury, it might be Jonathan G, he's in charge of our church. Um, so just have a think for a moment of someone you know who is in charge and show God a picture of their face if you know it in your head.
Father, we pray for everyone who is in leadership at the moment. There are so many issues facing our world. Give them wisdom and discernment. And most of all, I pray that they would turn to you for direction, that they would follow your way, that all their decisions would come down to the sort of thing that you want them to do, that your will would be done here on earth. Amen. Um, the fourth finger uh, is our ring finger, which is also the weakest finger. So we're going to pray for all those who are weak or sick or hurt at the moment. Father God, uh, please be with those people that we know who are sick, who are struggling, who are finding life hard. Surround them with people who can comfort them and heal them. We pray for all our doctors and nurses and carers who are supporting so many sick and vulnerable people at the moment. Give them energy, Lord. Help them know what to do to help the people in their care. And Lord, we pray, we dare to pray a big prayer that you would um, rid this world of the coronavirus, that you would heal the nations. Amen. Uh, and our fifth and final finger uh, is the little one. And we use that to pray for ourselves. Um, so I'm just going to leave a little moment for you to chat to God about whatever you want to chat about, ask him for help or just tell him about your day, um, but have a moment to pray for yourself. Let's draw our prayers together with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Uh, it's time for us to worship together again now, so I'm going to hand back to Ross, who will lead us in that. Jesus 
perfect love, oh perfect mystery, you were condemned, but I go free, what truth to know, that I can rest upon, your perfect love has covered me, and what can this hope know? rescued me Oh perfect love my prayer shall ever be to be found in Jesus Oh perfect love forever I shall sing of heaven's gates flung wide for me where fear of death and tears of hopelessness are swallowed up in victory and what praise shall be sung still to the holy one to the saviour redeemer song will ever be I am found in Jesus and what praise shall be sung still to the Holy One to the Savior Redeemer and King O perfect love my song ever be
Lord for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind. Chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Yeah, yeah. chapter 4 verses 1 to 22 Peter and John before the Sanhedrin the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people they were greatly disturbed because the Apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead they seized Peter and John and because it was evening they put them in jail until the next day but many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? 
Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing more they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Simon, for uh, reading the story from Acts 4. We're continuing to look at the story of the early church. Last week, we saw Peter and John healing the lame man by the powerful name of Jesus and how a great crowd gathered and Peter preached a sermon all about Jesus and lots more people became Christians. There were 3,000 on the day of Pentecost, more than 5,000 by last week's story. The authorities did not like it and they arrested Peter and John and brought them in for questioning. They asked them, by what name or power did you do this? And Peter was filled afresh with the Holy Spirit and tells them clearly it was Jesus' name. Uh, listen again. Rulers and elders of the people, he said, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Peter's very bold and he goes on being bold. Verse 12, he says, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Uh, Peter was being extraordinarily brave and courageous in declaring Jesus so fearlessly before the authorities of the day, uh, as Kate explained earlier. Now, 2,000 years later, it still takes a lot of bravery and courage to declare the uniqueness of Jesus that salvation is found in no one else. 
It takes courage because it goes so against the grain of our politically correct society. People today prefer to think that all religions are roads up the same mountain. It doesn't really matter which one you take, so long as you're sincere. It's a view which appears to make sense of the global village. About 30% of the world are Christian and 24% Muslim, 14% Hindu. It looks tolerant and not arrogant. It fits in with our culture of choice. It doesn't really matter which supermarket you shop at. It doesn't really matter what religion you follow. It looks attractive because it credits God with generosity and us with tolerance. The trouble is that it can't possibly be true however sincerely someone believes it. The trouble is that you can be sincerely wrong. You might believe that Dallas is in Africa or that the moon is made of cheese, but you would be sincerely wrong. Uh, and if you are sincerely wrong, it can be very dangerous. Suppose you have a young child who develops a rash and a friend looks at it and says, oh, it's nothing to worry about. My daughter had the same rash as a baby. It'll probably go away in a week or two. But two days later, your child is rushed into hospital and the life only saved by the prompt action of an alert doctor. What went wrong? Your friend was sincere, but sincerely wrong. Now, when it comes to being put right with God, that is salvation, this matters not just in this life, but for all eternity. We're talking about issues of eternal life and death, of heaven and hell. How can we get into right relationship with God? And Peter says clearly, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What we need is not a sincere view of other religions, but an accurate one. And when it comes to salvation, it's not so much like supermarkets where it doesn't matter where you shop. It's more like gravity. There's something that is true for all of us. Uh, other religions can't all be the same because they contradict each other so much. Hinduism has many gods. Islam and Christianity and Judaism have one God. Islam's God is remote and aloof, but the God of Christians is personal and loving. In Christianity, God is the creator of the world, but the divine in Buddhism is neither personal nor creative. In Christianity, God offers forgiveness and strength. In Buddhism, there's no forgiveness and there's no supernatural help. Uh, there's a story in Buddhism that's very like the story of the prodigal son that Jesus told. Uh, the difference comes when the boy comes home and meets his father. He has to work off the penalty for his misdeeds by years of forced labour. Buddhism and other reincarnation religions believe in karma, that you get your deserts, whereas Christianity believes in grace that there is a forgiveness we don't deserve. The goal of Christianity is to know God and enjoy him forever. The goal of Buddhism is to enter nirvana, a state of nothingness. You just become one more drop in the cosmic ocean. So it's clear that all religions cannot be equally true. They disagree about whether there's one God, lots of gods, or many, or none. They disagree on what happens after we die. Is there heaven and hell? Is it reincarnation? Or is there nothing? And they disagree on how we get there. Do we get there by our own efforts or by grace? It's like the difference between a bike ride to school and a rocket trip to the moon. The destination, the route and the means of transport are all different. And Peter is very clear. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind 
by which we must be saved. Now, when it comes to ethics, how we treat each other, most religions agree about most things, though there are some significant differences. Uh, for example, look at the way women are treated in Islam as opposed to Christianity. But on salvation, which is how we get right with God, religions are very different. It's not just Peter that said this. St Paul said the same thing. There's one God, there is one mediator between God and people. That is Jesus Christ. And it was based on what Jesus taught about himself in St Paul's, the St Paul's text in the bricks above the arch where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He goes on to say, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, there are many roads to Jesus, but we only come to know God as the Father, to be put right with him through Jesus. Jesus is not a way, a truth, a life, but he claims to be the way, the truth and the life. He claims to give life in all its fullness and he backed up that claim by rising from the dead. He claimed to be the truth about God. If we want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. Uh, we don't have to guess what God is like. He has come down in the person of Jesus and revealed himself to us. As C.S. Lewis said, Jesus isn't just a good teacher. He's far more, he really is God, or he's far less. He's mad or bad or God. And if he is who he claims to be, then it's not arrogant to believe that. It's wise. Jesus claims to be the way into relationship with God because it's only through Jesus that there is forgiveness. Every other religion is essentially a DIY religion. You have to earn your salvation by being good enough. But Jesus teaches that however good we are, it's not enough because we all fall short of God's standard of perfection. If you want to be good enough for God, you have to be perfect. And that's not a good way for me or for you. But Jesus teaches that Christianity is a religion of grace, that there is forgiveness, not because we earn it, but as a free gift. And the amazing thing to me is not that there is only, not that there's only one way to God, but that there is a way back to God at all. It is extraordinary that we who fall short of God's standards can be forgiven, not because we can earn it, but by the free gift of Jesus' death on the cross for our sins and the life he gives by his spirit. That is wonderfully good news. And today we celebrate it and worship Jesus for it. Let me finish with Peter's great words again. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Let's pray. We praise you, Lord Jesus, that you left the glory of heaven to come to this earth to reveal the love of the Father for us. We praise you that you died on the cross for our sins and that there is forgiveness in your name. We praise you for the gift of your spirit and we pray for the courage to declare the name of Jesus uh, with boldness in our day. And we pray too for grace to be more like Jesus, more loving and more generous in how we care for others. Send your spirit afresh on us now as we worship you and praise you for your great name. Amen.
fantastic. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to end our service with a prayer of blessing. But before I do, just a couple of notices. Firstly, if you're a man and in our church database, you'll have had an email from John this week letting you know that the Christian Vision for Men's gathering that happens once a year, uh, which is a gathering of guys, uh, usually in a field for worship and prayer and teaching together, uh, is moving online this year. Uh, it's going to be the 26th and 27th of June. You can find details of it on the Christian Vision for Men's website or indeed on our Facebook page. Uh, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman, uh, do join us after the service uh, around 11 o'clock for coffee on Zoom. The link was sent out in Jan's email uh, earlier in the week uh, or you can drop me an email. My details are on the website and I'll get you a link to join us as well. Hear these words of blessing as we finish together. May the love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service and the joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Abide in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>